Welcome today. It is great to have you joining with us online. Uh, I want to take just a minute, welcome people who are in Tulsa, welcome people who are in Oklahoma City and all across the nation who are taking this time to join us. Thank you for being here. Hey, would you take just a second, uh, welcome somebody in the chat here, start a watch party. Um, Today, It's going to be an encouraging message as we look at one of the things that can often hold us back in life. One of the things that is, you know, it's it's going to create a challenge for all of us in life. But I believe as we go into this series of glory, the story we find ourselves in, as we go deeper into this series, we'll discover something about the God that we have and what he has for us in life. So let's begin by reading Isaiah chapter 43. We're going to start here in Isaiah 43, uh, verse 1, and then we'll go from here. But now this is what the Lord says, he who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Well, Father, I ask today that you would help us understand what you mean in this passage when you say, do not fear. We want to live lives of courage. We want to live lives of faith. Most of all, we want to live lives that are impacted by you because of your love for us. So I ask that you would give us understanding for what you have in store for us in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Well, when we talk about uh, fear, a lot of times when we talk about fear, one of the things uh, that fear really lives in is uncertainty. Fear thrives in uncertainty. Now, when you're just a a little child, when you're a baby and you're in a crib, what happens is you, you, you have a sense of security, not because there's just something under you, but because there are boundaries around you and those boundaries are what hold you in. So there's a sense of certainty. You know, when, when I was a kid, the first memory that I have, and my sisters tell me that I have some crazy memories and they're not totally sure if they believe all of them, but the first thing I remember is a basketball in my crib. Now, growing up, I was obsessed with the game of basketball. Ron, I know you're watching right now, and I know that just like me, like you have a passion for the game. And I love how this week we've been able to watch on the last dance, the story of Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls and their last season together. And I'll tell you this, there was a sense of certainty when Michael Jordan had the ball in his hands in the final moments of a game. There was a sense of certainty that somehow Michael was going to make all of this work and that he was going to get a win. Now, I grew up as a pretty big Chicago Bulls fan, like a lot of you out there. Uh, When you have that sense of certainty, even in the worst situations, you still feel like we're going to be okay. We've got Michael Jordan on our team. But, you know, there are other situations in life and you don't quite feel feel that sense of certainty. 
What you feel is bubbling, brimming anxiety. The fear on the inside about what do we do in these situations? I mean, is it just me? Or are you looking sometimes and saying, I don't really know where this situation is going. I feel a great sense of uncertainty about where we are at this point in history. And when there's a sense of uncertainty, fear gets magnified. We talked last week about magnifying God by looking into the eyepiece of the telescope, or we magnify our situation often by looking exclusively through a microscope. And when you take a microscope and you focus it on fear and on the situation, it becomes very overwhelming very quickly. And so a lot of you are asking questions right now. What do I do in this situation? What do I do in this season that feels so uncertain to me? How do I make it forward? How does my family make it forward? Because we had a plan. And when you have a plan, it seems like things are probably going to go in a certain way. For instance, some of you at spring break were planning on being at the beach. Like that was the big plan and you were going to be hanging out fun in the sun. It was going to be amazing. You were dreaming about white sands and a beautiful ocean and everything along with it. But instead of experiencing fun in the sun, You're cooped up at home with your family right now, or you might be by yourself right now wishing you had people around you. You know, another thing that I've noticed is that uh, some, some people had big birthday celebrations planned. They were really thinking about what was going to happen this year and how they were going to get everybody together for maybe their, their, their son or their daughter's first or second birthday. We can't wait. Everybody's coming over. But now through social distancing, the plan isn't going the way that they were thinking. Well, for you, what does this look like when your situation becomes uncertain? And for some of you, it's actually not the beach and it's not a party. It's just the everyday necessities of life. It's work. It's, I, I had a pretty good thing going and then my feet got cut out from under me by this, sway, by, by this wave of COVID-19 and I suddenly don't have work. I suddenly don't know what to do. I don't know where the money's coming from. I don't know how I'm going to get there. And fear becomes really overwhelming in these situations. When certain situations become uncertain, you and I can feel a great tension in the verse we talked about last week. Yes, Lord, walking in your ways, we wait for you. Your name and your renown are the desire of our hearts. Yes, God, I want to give you all the glory in this story that you've called me into. The only thing is that I can't really focus on your glory because I'm so focused on all the things that seem to be falling apart. What do you do when the situation is falling apart? You know, like I said, fear loves uncertainty. It loves uncertain situations. And back to Michael Jordan, I remember uh, I I was living in Logan, Utah, uh, which is just uh, 90 miles north or so of Salt Lake City. So there were a lot of Utah Jazz fans, and they were in their second Uh, adventure into the NBA finals, but it's game six and Michael Jordan has the ball in his hands and there are less than 10 seconds to go. Brian Russell is guarding him. All the Bulls need is one basket. They're going to go ahead and win. 
There was a feeling across the state of Utah of uncertainty, a feeling of fear, because while the rest of the nation loved Michael Jordan, the, the Chicago Bulls were not loved in Utah. Utah Jazz fans were holding their breath as Michael Jordan drove right, pushed Brian Russell off just a little bit, swept back. You know the rest of the story. Well, what do you do when it feels like you're Brian Russell in the situation, and instead of being Michael Jordan and having Michael Jordan on your team, you're actually, it feels like you're working against him. That's how fear often feels in our situation. It's like what the Israelites felt in Exodus, in the book of of Exodus, when they were leaving Egypt, they had Pharaoh's um, uh, army chasing, pursuing behind them in the Red Sea in front of them. That's where you can feel a lot of times in your situation when you feel uncertain. Like, are you with me on this? The plan was to go in one direction, but I'm stuck now because I've got enemies behind me and I don't have a way forward. So I feel like there's no way forward in this process. I got the chariots moving quickly and advancing against me, And I can't seem to cross to the other side of the Red Sea. What do you do in this situation? Because it's often not the actual Red Sea. It's what you experience in life is found in your marriage. When you start to feel like the attack is coming at you this way and there's not a way forward. What do I do now? Like, what do I do with my family when I had it together and I knew where we were going, but it actually feels like we're kind of falling apart right now. And the person who should be leading this family, like I should be leading us forward, but internally, I don't have the answers. I don't know what to do at this point. Like, how do I make sense of this? What do I do in the situation when my when my actual health is out of my control, when my finances are breaking, when everything around me is out of my control, the situation is uncertain. It's a little more difficult to live into Isaiah 26, 8. I mean, it's great on Sundays when you're just worshiping and God, thank you so much. We are just here for you. But what do I do in the moment When I understand that my situation is outside of my hands, that this is not going the way that I planned. That's where we discover what a lot of psychologists refer to as the fight, flight, or freeze response. A lot of us understand this because some of you are just natural fighters. As soon as the situation goes bad, you say, let's run right into it. I am going head in. I've got a friend like that. Situation goes, goes bad. He is sprinting into the middle of it. He's looking for the opportunity to step into the conflict. Meanwhile, there are some of us like me, And what we would rather do with our lives, we're not running into the conflict. In fact, we would rather jump on a plane and get out of town. This is called the flight response. You have have fight and you have flight. And what I think happens for a lot of us, I mean, you got some people who are so focused on just getting to the point of conflict and getting into it and fighting. And then some of us would rather just take that airplane, land on a beach, and pretend like nothing in the world is happening. Everything is okay. 
What do you do though when you're in a situation and there's not really something to fight for because you can't go back or forward? There's not an ability to flight because you can't go back or forward. And so what happens for a lot of us is in this time, we actually freeze. We freeze and we get stuck, paralyzed in our fear. So what I want to do is unpack how we face fear from the glory of God, how we look at fear. And I love how Proverbs 9, 10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. When you are faced with fear, the first thing is to remember that there's only one fear that God recommends in my life. In fact, there's only one fear I'm commanded to do, and that is to fear God. Apart from that, to fear no one and no thing in life, but to fear him. And so when I start with a fear of who he is, I'm able to rest in what he has done for me. I'm able to rest in the security of who has this situation that is out of my control, Well, this situation is still well within his control. Let me tell you, if you don't know, God has not been surprised by the coronavirus. He has not been alarmed by it. He may be a little bit uh, alarmed by some people's response to it, but he's not shocked by it. He didn't wake up and say, oh, I didn't see this one coming. No, this is the God who was before we were. He was the one who created the beginning. And he'll be here after it's all gone. But this God is here in the present tense. And when you get a picture of who he is, it actually allows your heart to say, wow, God, you are incredible. And I'm not going to fear anything else but you. So Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. What we want to do often, if you're like me, is you are certain of what you see. And what God wants to do is shift that in our lives so that we move into a certainty of who he is, that our minds become certain about who he is in our situation, that our situation may be shaky, our situation may be actually really difficult to overcome, but I know that God is with me. I know he is present in this situation. I love this quote from G.K. Chesterton. To love means loving the unlovable. To forgive means pardoning the unpardonable. Faith means believing the unbelievable. Hope means hoping when everything seems hopeless. Faith by its definition, means believing the unbelievable. You're trusting, you're banking on a God that you cannot see, feel, touch. This this God is still with you, even if you can't experience him in those ways. And this is what I want to share with us today, is in Isaiah chapter 43, Verse one, we already read it, but let's go back there again. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear. Just, if you got to preach that one to yourself today, you can speak that one to yourself. Do 
not fear. What am I going to do? I'm not going to fear. Instead, I'm going to listen to to what he says. He says, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned. In other words, I have called you by my name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. What this says is you are created. You are formed. You have been redeemed. And now you are called. You are created on purpose by a God who actually thought it was a good idea to have you here. You have a creator who, I I love this in Psalm 139, he knit you together in your mother's womb. He's so purposeful in his creation of you. And he formed you. He made you exactly as you are. God, if you imagine a massive refrigerator in the heavens and it's filled with pictures of all of his kids, he's never looked at that refrigerator and said, oh man, I wish that that kid wasn't on there. He's never looked at you and said, I wish you looked different than how you do. He made you exactly as you are on purpose. And Isaiah 43 verse 7 says that he did it for his glory. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. You are created, you are formed, you are redeemed. Because of what God has done in your life. If you are in Christ, you are redeemed. The old is gone, the new is here. If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. He has redeemed what was lost in our lives. And he has given us every spiritual blessing in Christ. And even so much that he chose you in Christ before the foundations of the world. He chose you. For his purposes, he redeemed you. And once he redeems you, he calls you. He calls you into a life that is bigger than you. He says, hey, do you remember how I created you for my glory? Well, that's what I want you to do. I want you to spend your life magnifying my glory, not your fear. I want you to spend your life magnifying how great I am, even in your worst situation. That's what the cross ultimately is, is God showing up and showing that even in our darkest day, even in our worst moment, his glory shines brightest. That causes John Piper to say, the cross is the blazing center of the glory of God, that this is the heart of God to show up created, formed, redeemed, called, that his heart is for you. And then I love this. It says um, that he loves us. And he says, for I am the Lord your God, verse three, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. It's not anyone else, it's me. I am the Lord your God. And then in verse 2, he says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. 
I will be with you. So I'm created, I'm formed, I'm redeemed, I'm called, I'm loved, and now I can see that I have a God who is with me. I have a God who is present. I have a God who is here right now, who is for me in this situation. Well, let's look into this just a little bit more and how does God work in our lives? A.W. Tozer said this, I want the presence of God himself or I don't want anything. Once again, I want the presence of God himself or I don't want anything at all to do with religion. I want all that God has or I don't want any. In other words, I'm not okay living in the information of what was. I want the experience. I want the encounter of this God. I want to know him. And what he does, this God is, he shows up and he doesn't just, you know, in, in Jeremiah, he says, am I only a God nearby and also not a God who is far off? This God who fills the universe, he's not content to just stay far away It's the proximity of his presence. He wants to bring himself close to you that even in those difficult situations that he will be right there with you in the process. Because what you and I both know is that difficult situations, as Isaiah has shared with us, it's not if, it's when. That's why it says when, let's read that together, Isaiah 43 Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you. And then he says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. In other words, I'm going to pass through the water. I'm going to pass through through the fire. Some of you want to stop in the middle and that is killing your progress and it is maximizing fear's influence in your life. It's time to realize God has not just sent you to it, but he's going to guide you through it. Now, I don't quite know how this works, but I can say experientially, I know that this is true. Like I remember now, in some of the more difficult days that I've had. Well, I remember when I was having to hustle and wake up, getting up at 3.30 a.m. just to show up at Taterheads in Tulsa so that I could peel potatoes just trying to make ends meet. Like, I remember what it was like when it felt like I was losing a lot of my world and even my trust in how good I had always seen God as I watched my mom wither away from cancer. And doubt began to creep into my heart. But when I look back, I can see how he was with me every step of the way. God wasn't going to leave me in the fire. And he's not going to just leave you in the fire. He says, I am with you and I am walking you through this situation. So when you are in a moment like this, Here's all we have to say. I'm passing through. How are you doing? Oh man, honestly, things really aren't that great. Yeah, how are your finances? Like I said, they're busting. 
what are you going to do? Honestly, I'm not totally sure. Why aren't you sweating? God's got me. We're passing through. Your marriage is falling apart. What are you going to do in this situation? You know, I've read the books and I've done all the different things. And what I've learned is I can't control them. But the one thing I am sure of is we're going forward together. So we're going to keep on walking. We're going to keep on going. And it's not just us, but it's God who is with us, who is going to lead us through. Your family is falling apart. I know. But we're going to get through this thing together. Not because we have it all figured out, but because God is with us in this situation. Man, you look exhausted. Yeah, actually I am. It's been a fight. It's been a struggle. It's been difficult. I've been going for a long time. It feels like I'm all alone in this situation and I don't have all the people around me and the resources that I wish I had. And I don't honestly know how I'm going to make it. So how are you still going? Well, even in my exhaustion, I know he's still with me. I know he's still present. I know he's still for me. I know he's not done with me. And he who led me to it will lead me through it. And so when I get to that moment in life, when I am seeing that I am going to the other side, when I'm going to pass from life to death, or as the scripture would say, from life into glory, and I have to go through that thin veil, that I am not living in fear of what will come. Instead, I know who is for me. I know who is with me. And because he's called me to this, I know he will not leave me in the middle, but he is taking me all the way home. I will not live in fear. I know who is with me. He's with you. Your God is with you. In your, in your darkest moment, in your worst night, on the worst experience of your life, the cross says God is still for you. He is still with you and he will never give up on you. So do not fear. You are loved. He is with you. You may not feel the security of a crib in the peace of everything in your situation just being perfect and all the boundaries being known. He's still with you. You may feel like you're the Utah Jazz and Michael Jordan has the ball and there's less than 10 seconds to go. He's still with you. You see, Peter had this moment when he was in the boat. You know how this story goes. Peter was in the boat with the other disciples and Jesus came walking out on the water to him. And when Peter saw Jesus on the waves, he said, Lord, if it's you, just tell me to come to you and I'll come out to the water. And Jesus said to him to come to him on the water. So, G, so Peter got out of the boat and he stepped down on the waves because he was certain of who he saw. The waves and the wind were uncertain. The situation, who's ever walked on the water? And yet Jesus calls Peter to the certainty of who he is. And when Peter starts walking on the water, it's almost like he can't believe what's happening. He's looking at Jesus, but when his eyes went off of Jesus and when his eyes went to everything around him, he began to sink. When he saw the wind and the waves, 
Peter began to sink. And as he was going under the water, he cried out, Lord, save me. And Jesus did not turn away from him and walk across the lake. Jesus moved to him. That's the heart of Jesus is in your moment because what Jesus is going to do always is he's going to magnify his love for you. He's going to magnify who he is in your life. He's going to magnify that he is Lord over all, that he is the savior of the world, that he gets all the glory. And when he steps down into your situation, he'll reach down and save you. And when you look back at how you walked through the fire, how you came through the river, how you were drowning in your sins, how you didn't have a chance to save yourself, how you didn't know what to do and how to move forward, Jesus showed up for you. That's the good news of the gospel. That's the story of God in our lives is that God did not turn away from us, but he came close to us. That we have a savior who is glorious because of how he is, because of his character, because of who he is. And so I want to just ask you today, like what would it look like if you just received his grace for you in this moment? Like what would it look like if you really started trusting in him to be that one for you and trusting in his character and in his strength and in his provision and that out of all of his glorious riches in Christ Jesus, my God will supply your need. That greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That this caused David to say, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I be afraid The Lord is the stronghold of my life. I am not going to live in fear. Instead, I'll step in with faith and I'll trust in him because I know that I am created, I am formed, I am redeemed, I am called, I am loved, and most of all, I have a God who is with me in this moment. Here's a prayer that God loves because it gives him all the glory. It gives him all the glory every time. It's the prayer that Peter prayed when he was falling under the waves. Lord, save me. It's three words. But when you feel afraid, shift your focus from what you can do to what he can do in your life. When you feel overwhelmed, put your trust in him. I don't have anywhere else to turn. My eyes are on you, Jesus. Lord, save me. And some of you who are far from God, you know that this is what God is calling you to today. That it's not everyone around you. It's you. This is your moment. This is your time. It is time for you to declare that Jesus is your Lord and he's your savior, that he came for you. It's time to receive him as your savior. It's time to be baptized into him. It's time to to be brought from death to life. It is time to experience the savior of the world and the glorious nature of his grace that allows you to know, I don't know what the situation is gonna be, but I know he's with me. So wherever you are today, 
Would you join me in praying this prayer? Lord, save me. We're not going to fear. We're not going to give in to our situation. We're not going to let this moment in time have the last word on our lives. Jesus is God's word spoken over all of creation. The word became flesh and he is the last word for everything in our lives. So we continue forward trusting him. And in our moment, in our situation, wherever you are, I just invite you to pray with me today. Lord, save me. Lord, save me. You are the one we are looking to. You get all the glory for bringing peace into our life when we would completely fall apart otherwise. Lord, save me. In Jesus' name, amen.